This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. All right, let's hit up the hotline and welcome in Dr. Christopher Crane from Tulsa Bone and Joint, tulsaboneandjoint.com, joining us here on this Wednesday. Dr. Crane, how are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you, Jeremy? Hanging in there on this uh, Wednesday that, uh, quite frankly, was a little blue waking up with all the rain going in, but, hey, fighting through it on a January uh, here in Oklahoma, much like we do every single year where the temperatures are all over the place and uh, just looking forward to warmer days ahead. Uh, I sent you a message earlier and wanted to talk to you about Lamar Jackson. He has been somewhat of a lightning rod here as we had the first round of the playoffs in the NFL. And for those that don't know, Lamar Jackson suffered what was um, diagnosed as a grade two, quote, borderline grade three PCL sprain. And he's been out now for multiple weeks. And going into the playoffs, we kept kind of like just pushing it back. And they kept saying things like, well, maybe next week he'll be better. Maybe next week. Then he didn't play in the wild card round. And it has brought out questions about, one, what is his responsibility as a, uh, as a teammate? A number of former NFL players, Doc, in the media were saying, hey, I'm a little disappointed that Lamar didn't try to put on a brace and go play. Uh, that he owed this to his teammates, and he's also under a contract year. And it led to all of these hot sports opinions across the board on Lamar and what he should try to do. Lamar let everyone know that he was still having what he described as um, inflammation surrounding his knee and said that his knee remains unstable. So, I think we should just start with a PCL grade two sprain in the first place. What that is, what kind of he's talking about with inflammation and also a knee that remains unstable and then carry on the conversation from there. So let's just start overall with just the the first diagnosis of the PCL grade two sprain and what that is. Yeah, well, it, most people are more familiar with PCL's uh, neighbor, the ACL which does a pretty important job of stabilizing the knee and preventing the motion of the shin bone, the tibia, uh, forward. Uh, less familiar is the PCL, which does the exact same job, but its attachments are reversed and the angles reversed, so it keeps the tibia from sliding backwards. And when we talk about grades, that's sort of trying to describe grade ones, which are mostly stretches without a significant amount of tearing. Grade two being a partial tear, and grade three usually being a essentially a complete tear, lack of any real function left in the ligament. And so, a grade two borderline three PCL means a pretty pretty significant amount of injury uh, through that PCL, and and leading to an inability of it to do its job of keeping that knee from shifting around. Um, it's it's a little bit of a slightly controversial topic, as you've already managed to see, as some people have these and play through them. Um, but other people have a pretty large amount of instability from the results of that PCL being gone and feel that shifting, uh, specific, specifically with certain motions, typically uh, ones that put force in the direction that the PCL was originally holding, it's no longer there to stop that motion. 
And so they may feel that shifting more so than others. Now you could put a brace on to try to give you some external stability, but overall you are still feeling that shifting. And in his case with a pretty significant tear, we should expect a fair amount of swelling of inflammation of the body. I mean, if you have a bruise anywhere else, you see it swell, you see it get painful, you see it get in, you know, warm and, and all the signs of, of your body trying to put some scar tissue down. And apparently that's still going on in his knee, which is not comfortable to play on. So uh, you brought up the, the different, I, I would take it that, you know, injuries are just like anything else, right? Like no two are, are really the same and depending on how, how you bounce back from them. Um, but in the argument of, hey, you owe this to your teammates, just slap on a brace and go, what is the likelihood that if you have this this version of this injury that it could be made worse by playing on it, say, a week early or two weeks early compared to um, what what the scenario is playing out with here? Is Was there a likelihood that you could actually have more damage if he wanted to give it a go this past weekend? Probably not to the PCL. It's it's pretty well gone, it sounds like, more or less. But you can certainly have new injury. Uh, Maybe his motion or strength or his his coordination and balance are not full. If he's still got swelling and that's uh, inflammation in his knee, if that's something that's preventing him from having his usual level of competitiveness and agility, then that raises his odds of re-injury and of, of new injury to that knee. And to me, it's one of those things where everyone that's out there saying he owes it to his teammates to go and play, if he went out there and played and played subpar, then they'd be saying he owes it to his teammates to sit out until he's better. And so I feel like to some extent that's a tough crowd to please because anything less than coming out and doing perfect is going to be something they're going to come back and say, well, that's your fault. I'm I'm totally on the side of letting this heal because if he had a teammate that couldn't do everything he needed to do, he wouldn't want them to go out and play. He'd want someone of of capable body out there playing and let the other guy heal. The other part of this as well is with the type of player that Lamar Jackson is, I I mean, even if he did suit up, let's be honest, he's not 100%. Can he operate the way that Lamar Jackson needs to operate with limited mobility and being a more of a pocket passer at that moment if he chooses to play and is that the is that the best thing even for the team at that time? Because in just reading in what he was saying uh, in his tweet with all the controversy around it was, look, I wish I could be there, but I can't give a 100% of myself uh, to my teammates and to the fans. So it's not in it's it's not in the best place for me to go out there. This, this would not have been the exact same Lamar if he's actually suffering through what he said that he is. I would think so. I mean, no one makes it to the playoffs and then decides to sit out if they could play. I mean, I think he's going to make the best decision he can for his team and for his knee. I think he's going to work every day to get that swelling down, that inflammation better, and get back as quick as he can. Um, but I mean, I don't. I think, especially knowing that the risk of re-injury is there, or new injury, I should say, is there. And that there's always another player ready to go in that can. You know, he's not the same guy but he's not injured. And if he goes out there and plays injured, no one else in that field is going to go easy on him. He's still going to have to give it a hundred percent, especially in a playoff level where everyone's you know, elite at this level. And that's just not apparently reasonable. I and mean, the trainers are going to be working with them. And 
I, I trust him to make the right decision for his knee. You can definitely live without a PCL. I mean, there's a lot of people that have torn PCLs and, and get around pretty well in life, um, but they didn't just do it and they aren't playing a playoff game. And so it's a little bit different of a situation when it's fresh injury and still has inflammation and swelling. How long can instability last in an injury like this? I read a story where Zach Wilson, who who was the quarterback for the Jets, had a PCL strain on October 24th of 2021, and they were still talking about him having the residual laxity in his knee even in August of 2022. Sure. I mean, especially for for Lamar Jackson, his higher-grade injury, uh, that that stability may not reliably come back that pcl may be functionally inadequate even if there's a few fibers hanging on for dear life to keep it from being a true grade three full tear that's not necessarily functional and that's one of the the debate in medicine is do we do surgery on these and one of the arguments is that we tend to see people with this type of long-term chronic instability getting arthritis easier and wearing down cartilage because the shifting of that knee beats up the cartilage and wears it down faster. And so long-term, that instability can give you troubles. Uh, then there's the question of does the surgery fix that, and we think maybe, but it, it, you may still get arthritis faster, and that's kind of the conundrum. Um, it, if the instability is mild and he's otherwise able to play, I don't think it's going to be something they have to go and and fix, but with a lot of instability or, or just persistent swelling that's not getting better, I mean, he's, he's got to make the right call for him. The other thing that's weird about the Zach Wilson uh, PCL sprain that happened, if if people remember, there was a preseason game where it looked like that Zach Wilson had suffered a pretty severe knee injury. And I, I remember, because I went back and found this, they were uh, they were talking about afterwards that they actually thought, Doc, that the residual laxity in his knee actually spared some of his ligaments and led to a bone bruise instead, uh, like that the PCL injury might have actually helped save his knee in a weird way uh, back from when he originally <laughs> had that happen. Yeah, that's that's probably not something you can bank on. That's like, <laughs> you know... The, it's like being in the war and the, the watch stops the bullet or something. It's, okay. You can't, can't count on that. Um, but, I mean, overall, again, everything I've said is for isolated yeah. PCL injuries. And so we're not even talking about if there's a poster lateral corner or other types of injuries that you can see. This is for just an isolated PCL injury. Uh, and, too, in his case, it is, it's fresh. It's not like this has been something he's been living with for a long time and can just put on a brace and have that stability kind of externally applied to them. I mean, this is a fresh injury, and it may take some time for that to really calm down enough to allow him to to play at playoff-level athleticism. Yeah, this has been just been everywhere with everyone, of course, having in, in the business that we're in, everyone has to have a take on it, right? And everyone has to throw out their opinions on this. I just thought that this one was a little bit different considering that it wasn't just talking heads that were saying this. You had guys that had played, and then the 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 warrior mentality comes in, right, with their experience through playing through injuries. And what they battled through, maybe if it's not even their own specific injury, but this had a different feel to it, which is players going out and publicly stating what they feel like that Lamar Jackson should be doing in, in an instance like this. And RG3 was like, listen, 
he was the one guy that was like, "Hey, I I played on an injured knee, and it and it you know messed up my knee and effectively ended my career." He, there there was one guy that was standing in his corner saying, "No, you absolutely should not do this," and it's also a contract year. Uh, for him so last thing that he wants to do is put anything in jeopardy especially when it comes down to getting paid and Lamar Jackson made this choice and at least the organization so far has been standing behind him with it yeah I mean it, externally I think he's got every motivation to play and the fact that he is still drawing that line and saying hey this is not something I'm ready to do yet you know, physically and need to keep working on the health of the knee to get it ready for that I think that shows that it, it probably is pretty significant. I mean, I don't think this is something he's just being a baby about. I think it's got to be bothering him. It's got to be messing with his ability to be that athletic because uh, he has every like I say, every motivation to push through and play as best he can. Isn't it funny how the, the conversations boil down to uh, we talk a lot about, hey, people and, and mental health, which is, of course, incredibly important. And we've heard for years about athletes know their body better than anyone else anyway, and that we should, you know, we, we should take their word for it about what, what is ailing them. And then when they do it, when Lamar actually says, hey, I don't feel right on this, then there's still a segment of society that wants to crush him for being open and honest about how he's feeling with his injury in the yeah. first place. So you can't really win yeah. on anything. No, no, you can't. I mean, we saw this similar, not like, obviously different entire uh, etiology of what's going on, but same deal with Simone Biles in the Olympics, just saying, hey, I am not ready. This could really injure me. And she drew a lot of flack for that. But I think you got to you got to appreciate that athletes are in tune with what they're doing. And they know that putting themselves at risk for worse injury is the worst thing they can do because they can take something like a PCL that may not take a lot of time to bounce back from and do a worse injury on top of it. And it's always easy, as I say, to be a keyboard commando, to just fire out a hot take yeah. when you haven't been there before and when you don't really have any yeah. any training whatsoever or idea. Uh, incredibly easy. It's super easy when it's not your knee. That's exactly right, when it's, <laughs> when it's not yours. I, I say it all the time, even with when guys get paid. I'm like, you know what? We sure do a wonderful job of telling these guys what they should and shouldn't do with, with their money. Same thing with the injury uh, as well. Uh, on any part of their body. Doc, I really appreciate it. Great stuff. Thank you for helping me understand a little bit more about uh, the Lamar Jackson injury and what uh, went into it and what he is potentially facing. Uh, We'll do it again next Wednesday. Thank you again so much. Sounds great. You take care. That is Dr. Christopher Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170-918-392-1400. That is the number that you should call right now for Tulsa Bone & Joint. I have, uh, let's see, We've had a daughter there within the last couple of months. My wife has had procedures there. I have had procedures there. It's where I choose to take my family for any type of issues involving orthopedic care, musculoskeletal care, physical therapy. They have on-site imaging. They have everything there at Tulsa Bone & Joint, tulsabonejoint.com. We'll take a time out. Come back. Eli Letterman. From the Tulsa World, talking some Oklahoma Sooners basketball tonight ahead of Bedlam on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.